Hey, welcome today to all of our different life churches and those of you in our network church family. We love you all so much. Uh, those joining us from countries around the world at Church Online right now, thank you for being with us. We believe that it's not an accident that you've joined us today. Uh, we are wrapping up our fourth and our final message in the series Alter Ego based on my new book, Alter Ego, Becoming Who God Says You Are. Uh, this is still available at most of our live churches uh, today only for half off the cover. After this week, they're no longer available at our church, but you can find them at uh, bookstores or online. If you'll notice, Alter uh, for our study, and this book is spelled A-L-T-A-R, Alter Ego, and this represents our altar. Throughout history, uh, people of God have knelt down at an altar to make a sacrifice or to lay down something significant in an act of worship to God, altar. Ego, as you know, is what we think about ourselves. It's our belief system, it's who we think we are. Unfortunately, so many of us, we think too highly of ourselves, we have an inflated ego, or we think too lowly of ourselves, we have a poor and inaccurate uh, view of ourselves. So our goal in this series is to take our egos, what we think about ourselves, and to sacrifice who we think we are at the altar so we can become not who we think we are, but instead who God says we are. Uh, if you missed the last three weeks, let me tell you what we covered. You may want to go to lifechurch.tv slash watch, and you can experience all of the messages that we've done. Here's the ground that we've covered. Then I'm going to tell you what we're going to dive into today. We've laid down three things today. By faith, we'll lay down the fourth. Week number one, uh, we laid down our feelings of inadequacy. So many of us we struggle deeply with those feelings. Week two, we laid down our need for control. Some of you, you're still laying down your need for control. You put it down, but you picked it back up. Why? Because you love to be in control. Uh, week number three uh, was a healing week for so many of us. We laid down our right to be offended. We let that go and found some forgiveness. We forgive as Christ has forgiven us. Today, we're going to lay down our longing for approval. We all love to be loved. We're going to lay down our longing for approval. Is that okay with you guys? Do you like my idea? Do you approve of it? Do you feel good about it? Do you like me? Do you like me? Do you like me? Do you like me? Okay. We're going to lay down uh, our longing for approval. Uh, the reality is, uh, I'll just be real honest with you, for as much of my life as I can remember, I have longed for the approval of others. As a uh, child playing sports, my earliest memory was going up to bat and thinking, oh, my dad is here. I hope I get on base because I want my dad to be proud of me. He loved me anyway, but that was my warped view. If I do good, he'll approve of me. My earliest memory as a young pastor at the age of 22 or 23 serving as a, an associate pastor at a United Methodist Church, I remember getting to work uh, first every single day. And I'd wait until everybody else would leave and I would leave last 
And the reason is I wanted everybody there to know, oh man, that young guy, he really loves Jesus. He's an up and coming pastor. We like that young guy was so insecure. Now after all these years, I don't struggle with this anymore at all, ever, except for every day of my life, especially the days when I teach. Uh, today, after teaching, every weekend I'll teach on Saturdays and Sundays, and then I go home and there's always people at my house because there's always people at my house. I don't know why, but there, there are always people at my house. And I'll come in and they will have all been at church because they're our friends and family, and they'll be having a regular life. And I'm wondering, hey, what did you all think of church today? And no one says anything, so I'll ask them, what did you think of church? And they'll say something like, oh, worship was great. And I'm like, yeah. It was. What else did you think about church today? Was there anything else that, and then, oh yeah, your, your message was good. And I'll say like, thank you. What about it was good? Did you have a favorite part? Anything that changed your life? And the reason is because I just still so often battle with that longing for approval. Maybe there's somebody here who can relate, and I want to give you five specific signs that you may be living for the approval of others. The first one, if you're taking notes, uh, you occasionally or often worry about what others think. You worry about what other people think. For example, if you ever have to give a public speech and you're really nervous, why are you nervous? Because you're worried about what other people will think. Uh, if you ever post something on social media and then you go back 12 seconds later to find out, did anybody like this? Did anybody like this? Did anybody comment? Oh, a retweet, I got a retweet. Glory to God in heaven on high. <laughs> Selfie. Selfie from another angle. Does anybody want to comment on my selfie? You know, it, we're, we're consumed with what other people think. I know none of you ever do that. Um, occasionally, when we're getting ready for an important event, what will we do in our closet? Besides walking through an entire closet full of clothes and saying, I've got nothing to wear, we'll put on like two or three or four outfits and, you know, does this look good and does this look good and does this look good? At our house, we do the game called the witch shoe. Amy puts on two different shoes and then she lifts a foot like this and says, which shoe, this one or this one? And I tell her this one, she says, let me show you again. Let me go slower this time. Which shoe? Why? Because there's this, you know, what are they gonna think? Do they like me? And sometimes it's something that really small and insignificant, someone will just say something like, hey, you know, um, are you feeling okay? And you're like, what's the matter? Do I look bad? Do I look bad? Do I look bad? Do I look, what are we trying to say? How, how many of you say you sometimes care too much what other people think? Raise your hands up right now. Raise them up. All of our churches, okay. Now look at those with their hands that are not raised and say you just care too much what people think to raise your hands <laughs> to that question. The second thing is uh, we're often overly uh, sensitive. 
we're often overly sensitive. Uh, I can be that way. A hundred people can say, hey, Craig, I liked your message, or hey, Craig, I liked your book, and one person says something negative, and I just zoom in on that one thing. Oh, I'm a failure. Oh, I just, I, I'm not any good. Oh, it didn't make a difference at all. hundred people say something good, but one person, and I get overly sensitive and, and, and focus on that one thing, or maybe you get a new outfit, and baby, you know you look good. The person who sold it to you told you you look really good. And you can't wait to wear it out in public. So you go out and you're just, you're just waiting for the compliments all day long. Just check, the, check it out, check it out. And at the end of the day, no one said anything and you're devastated. What's wrong with the, what's wrong with me? You're overly sensitive. Or you call a friend or you text a friend or you DM a friend and they don't call you or text you or DM you back for quite some time. Oh my gosh, did I say something wrong? Are we not BFFs anymore? Is there, is there a misunderstanding? Do, do I need to call again? And then you start, you find yourself being overly sensitive. If that's you, don't be too sensitive. Just check the little space on your notes and let's move on. A third uh, indicator that perhaps you are living for the approval of others is that you compromise your values. There's something you believe deeply in, but you compromise it for the approval of others. Uh, you're a young girl, and you love God, and you want to honor God with your purity and save yourself um, for your husband to give him the great gift one day of, um, of your purity. But you're dating a guy, and he says, I love you, baby, I love you, baby. You know I love you, baby. I love you, baby, love you, baby, love you, baby, love you, baby. And I love you even more if you mm-hmm. And so what happens? You mm-hmm, and you compromise your values for the approval of someone else. Or you're a dude, and you're hanging out with other guys, and they're telling kind of crude jokes, and you know they're not really honoring to God, but you kind of laugh at it, and you play along. Or you use language that you shouldn't use because, hey, you just want to fit in. You don't want to be that religious guy, and so you compromise your values. Or you really believe in, um, in becoming debt-free, and, and you want to manage wisely what God has given you, but you end up buying things that you don't really need, money you don't even have, to impress people you don't even know. Why? You compromise your values because you want people to like you based on what you have or what you look like. If that's true for you, just check the space. Yes, I occasionally compromise my values. Another indicator that you're longing for the approval of others is that you hesitate sharing your faith. You really believe that Jesus is the Son of God and that he transforms lives and forgives sins and, and makes us new. And you've got a friend who doesn't know that, a friend who's maybe hurting and lost in his or her sin, and you want to share the goodness of God with your friend, but you don't want to be freako religious person. And so you don't share your faith. In essence, if you're honest, you care more about what other people think about you than you really do care about them and their freedom in Christ. And so you don't share your faith. You're a little more timid because you're longing for the approval of others. Finally, and this will speak to a lot of you, uh, you might be longing for approval if you have a hard time saying no. Someone asks you, hey, can you do this? And inwardly, you're screaming, no, never, never. I'm busy, I'm overwhelmed, I don't wanna do it, don't wanna do it. You scream it inwardly, no, and outwardly you go, sure, be happy to, when can I start? 
And, and, and he had this horrible sense of, of guilt because outwardly you're agreeable, but inwardly you're resentful. You have an incredibly hard time saying no because you want to please people. Why do we do this? Why do we do this? The reason is because our egos are incredibly insecure. Our egos are crying out, like me, like me, like me, affirm me, affirm me, affirm me, make me feel good about myself. But if we're not careful, we're gonna miss one of the most powerful truths and biggest dangers about people pleasing, and that is this. Becoming obsessed with what people think about you is the quickest way to forget what God thinks about you. I wanna say it again because I want this to get into your hearts. Becoming obsessed with what people think about you is the quickest way to forget what God thinks about you. In fact, Proverbs 29, 25 says this. Fear of what? All of our different churches say it aloud. I need all of you working with me. Fear of? Man will prove to be a what? It will prove to be a snare or a trap. But whoever trusts in whom, say it aloud, but whoever trusts in the Lord is kept safe. Fear of man, what will he do to me? What will she do to me? What will they think? What is their opinion of me? Fear of man will prove to be a snare, a trap. In fact, the Hebrew word translated as snare is the word mokesh, and it means a trap. It means a snare. It also, it means very literally, it was the hook that people would use to put inside an animal's nose to pull the animal around. It's the, it's the mokesh, it's the, it's the snare. It's the, here's, here's what some of you look like. I know this is gross but you will remember this. Hey, you like my outfit? Do you like my hair? I've got bangs now. Didn't have bangs yesterday. I've got bangs now. Hey, do you like my car? Do you realize I've got an iPhone 5 with an unlimited data plan? Am I cool now? Am I cool now? I just got a follower on Twitter. Am I cool now? Am I cool now? Did you like my song? Am I hanging out with the right friends? Hey, 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 am I cool? Fear of man proves to be a what? A snare. It's a trap. <laughs> but whoever trusts in the Lord is kept safe. What's the problem? What's the problem? Pleasing people, you ready for this? Is idolatry. It's the sin of idolatry. It's putting the approval of people ahead of the opinion of God. It's making people too big in our lives and God too small. In fact, I would say this to you. It could be one of the greatest limiting factors in your life. If you're a parent and your big goal is, I want my kids to like me. They may like you today, but they're not gonna respect you tomorrow because your number one call is not to be their buddies, but to be their guiding force in your life. If you wanna be a leader in your school and you're consumed with what your friends think about you, you can't lead them because you are following them. If you wanna be a leader in business, you will have to make incredibly difficult calls that other people will not understand and you cannot be consumed with what people think about you. 
You have to do what's right. If you wanna be a follower of Jesus, you cannot be consumed with what people think about you because you cannot simultaneously live for the approval of people and the approval of God. Becoming obsessed with what people think about you is the fastest way to forget what God thinks about you. Fear of man will prove to be a snare, but whoever trusts in the Lord will be kept safe. So how do we overcome this disease to please. Let me give you two thoughts to drive this home, and we're gonna ask the Spirit to do a deep work within our hearts. The first thing, number one, how do we overcome the disease to please? We must focus on pleasing God instead of pleasing people. It's that simple. We wanna live not for the crowd, but for an audience of one, our Lord God. Paul said it this way in Galatians 1.10, he said, obviously, I'm not trying to win the approval of whom? He said, I'm not trying to win the approval of people, but of who? But of God. He said, if pleasing people were my goal, I would not be Christ's servant. Don't miss that. If pleasing people were my goal, I would not be Christ's servant. You cannot simultaneously live for the applause of the crowd and live for an audience of one. We'll focus on pleasing God instead of pleasing people. In fact, um, one of the most significant moments in my life uh, where I made a decision like that for the first time was back in college when I was a brand new believer. It was my senior year and I was nominated for an award that for some reason meant a lot to me back at the time. It was, uh, it was the all Greek man of the year. So out of all the fraternities, there'd be one guy chosen um, as the outstanding Greek man of the year. And I was one of maybe a dozen or so nominated and we had to fill out these forms and submit them to a panel of professors. And the last question on this whole form was something, I don't remember it exactly, but it was something like, what was the most significant experience you had um, in your time at the university? Something like that. And the true answer was unquestionably, I met Jesus who forgave my sins and transformed me. I mean, hands down, nothing even close. That was the, the truth and um, the biggest thing that ever happened to me. But I knew uh, the different professors and the majority of them, all of them weren't Christians, the majority were very much against Christians and I knew that that answer would probably eliminate any chances I had to win. So there were a dozen politically correct answers that I thought about putting and I wrestled with which one, am I, gonna, am I gonna tell the truth and be bold for the one who gave his life for me or am I gonna compromise and kind of play it safe? And at the moment I was about to write it down, it felt to me like this was a moment of trajectory in my life. It really did, it felt like I'm gonna make a decision today that will help determine what I'm gonna stand for in the future. Either I'm gonna be bold now and be bold forever or I'm gonna kind of play it safe. And so I wrote down something like um, the most significant thing was I met the one who gave his life for me, Jesus, and now he's first in my life. And I turned it in. Now, you're gonna ask, did you win or did you lose? And the answer is, I'm not telling you. <laughs> not telling you. Because it doesn't matter at all what those professors thought. What matters is 
on that day, I made a decision that has helped move my life in the right direction, and that is I decided to focus on what God thinks and not what people think. Here's something that, that is, is revolutionary to me. Do you realize that you cannot please all people? Did you realize that? Oh, you can try, and you'll wear your cute little buns out trying. You'll wear a certain outfit that this group likes, but that group can't stand. And you'll listen to music that this group likes, but that group can't stand. And you'll go to parties that this group likes, but that group can't stand. And you'll buy a car that this group likes, but that group can't stand. And you'll do your hair in a way that this group likes, and that group can't stand. And even in your morals, you'll, you'll, you'll live in such a way that this group likes, but that group can't stand. I mean, even in Christianity, you know, if you worship this way, there all these people, oh, you've got it right. And that other group goes, we can't stand it. You are wrong. And what I realized was something that totally transformed and freed me, and that is that I cannot please everybody, but I can please God. Oh, that is so good. And oh, you are so quiet. I don't even know where you are. I, I, I've got to say that again because I can't please all of you. There is no way. In fact, a lot of you are picking me apart right now. But God's saying, I like that little nose thing you did. That was funny. And they'll remember that. You see, I can't please everybody, but I can please God. I want all of you and all of our different churches, our network churches, I want you to just say this aloud after me. Say, I can't please everybody. But I can please God. Now say it again with some freedom from your soul, because you know this is what you look like most days. Say it like you mean it. I can't please everyone. But I can please God. Obviously, Paul says, I'm not trying to be a people pleaser. If I was trying to please people, I couldn't be Christ's servant. I will focus on living for an audience of one instead of the applause of the crowd, because becoming obsessed with what people think about me is the quickest way to forget what God thinks about me. And I can't please all these other people, but who can I please? I can please my God. I'm gonna focus on what God thinks. The second thing that we're gonna do is this. How do we overcome the disease to please? Focus on pleasing God instead of pleasing people. Number two, we're gonna live from the approval of God instead of for the approval of people. This is life transforming to internalize this truth. We're gonna live from the approval of God. If you are a follower of Jesus, God approves of you through Christ. He already approves of you. You live from his approval instead of for the approval of people. Paul said it this way in 1 Thessalonians 2, 4. He said, on the contrary, we speak as those, those what? Say it aloud, all of our churches. We speak as those approved by God to be entrusted with the gospel. We're approved by God. He trusts you with the gospel that mankind, we are sinners. Jesus was sinless. He came to the earth to seek and save 
the lost. He became sin for us, died on the cross on the third day. He was raised from the dead. Anyone who believes in him and calls upon his name will be saved. No matter what they've done, they can be saved. New life in Christ. He trusts you with that message. If you're a follower of Jesus, you are approved by God, and you are entrusted with the message of the gospel. If you care what people think, you can't take that message out. If you truly follow Jesus, you will not be liked by all people. If you're liked by all people, you are not truly following Jesus. You're approved by God, therefore entrusted with the gospel. He goes on to say, we are not trying to please whom? He said, we're not trying to please people, but God who tests our heart. The bottom line is this, when we understand this, for those of you that are followers of Jesus, because of what Christ did, you are the righteousness of God. When God looks at you, he doesn't see your sinfulness. He sees the righteousness of Christ. Because of what Christ did then, my worth is not based on what people think about me. My Worth is based on what God says about me. Somebody needs to hear this. Your worth is not based on what other people think about you. Your worth is based on what God says about you. Let me say it again, it's gotta get deep in your souls. Your worth is not based on what other people think about you. Your worth is based on what God says about you. Therefore, you don't have to dance for the approval of others, but you're living from the approval of God. And that is a game changer. I remember years ago, um, one of my favorite kids, I have six kids, have I ever, ever told you that before? Six kids, that's a basketball team with a sub, okay? <laughs> one of my favorite kids, it's amazing how they're all my favorite kids, um, Anna. When she was um, a little girl, she came home one day and said, Daddy, you're making fun of me. The girls are making fun of me. I said, what did they say? She said, they, they said I was stupid and I was a loser. I said, what did you say back to them? She said, I just laughed at them. So you laughed? She said, yeah, I just laughed at them and told them they didn't know the truth. They didn't know me like my daddy knows me. My daddy, she said, tells me that I'm incredibly special. In fact, she told her friend, she said, my daddy said that when I was born, God called a meeting with the angels and said, angels, come in here and sit down. And God said to the angels, I'm about to show off, watch this. And then God created Anna, that's what she told him. The reason she told him that is because I've told her that over and over and over again, and she wasn't bothered. She said, because my daddy says I'm special. My dad, you, you don't know me like I know me. My daddy says I'm special, so my worth is not based on what you think, but on what my daddy says. Somebody needs to get this into your heart. Your worth is not based on what others say, but who your Father in heaven says you are. And the big overriding question is, who does God say you are? Who does God say you are? Among other things, I've given you 10 things that God says about you. 2 Corinthians 5.17 says you are a new creation in Christ Jesus. The old is gone and the new has come. In fact, next week, we're starting a brand new series called New. For three weeks, I will start this series with this exact verse. Because of Christ, you are new. You're not just improved, 
you are new. The old is gone and the new has come. Ephesians 1, 7 says, you are forgiven and your sins are washed away. No matter what you've done and no matter how dirty you feel and no, no matter how much your spiritual enemy says you're used goods and you'll never make a difference and because of your past, you can't. God says, because of my son, you can. He says, your sins are gone and I remember them no more. Romans 8, 37 says, you are more than a conqueror. You're not just a conqueror, but you are more than a conqueror through Christ who gives you strength. Ephesians 2.10, God says, you are my masterpiece. You are created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which I prepared in advance for you to do. You have everything you need to do, everything God calls you to do. Matthew 5.14, Jesus said, you are the light of the world. In this dark, sin-infested world, if you have Christ dwelling inside of you, you are the light. You let it shine. You let it shine. That's what you are. You are the light of the world. That's who God says you are. And when you know who you are, you will know what to do. Romans 8, 11 says, you are filled with the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead dwelling within you is the very same spirit of God that raised Jesus from the dead. There is power living inside of you. Romans 8, 17 says, you're a joint heir with Christ. You inherit what Christ inherits. You will inherit the kingdom of God. You are special not because of what you've done, but because you are joined with Christ who did it for you. I love 2 Corinthians 5.20 that says, you are Christ's ambassador. What is an ambassador? It's the highest ranking diplomat sent from one country to another. Guess who you are? You wanna know who you are? You are the highest ranking representative sent from heaven to earth to, de to declare the glory of God in this world. You may say, well, I just work at a bank. Guess what? You're an undercover agent at the bank. Well, I'm just a junior in high school. Hey, you're God's undercover agent in your chemistry class in your junior year in high school. You are his ambassador. That's who he says you are. 2 Corinthians 5.21 says you are the righteousness of God in Christ. And Romans 1.7 says you are greatly loved by God. Hey, 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 doesn't matter what you think, it matters what God says. And God says you're called, God says you're equipped, God says you're an overcomer, God says you're loved, and when you realize this, you're not living for the approval of others, but you're living from the approval of God. And that changes everything. Romans 12, 2 says this, one of the most popular um, quoted verses from the Bible. Do not conform any longer to the pattern of this world. In other words, don't be like this, all right? Don't be, don't be hey, 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 I'm, I'm gonna try to be like everybody else. Don't be conformed, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. I love Romans 12, 2, but a lot of people forget Romans 12, 1. Romans 12, 1 makes Romans 12, 2 possible. What does Romans 12, 1 say? Therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as what? A living sacrifice. You lay your ego down at the altar of God. You lay your life down like Paul when he said, I'm crucified with Christ, nevertheless I live. It is no longer I who lives, but it's Christ who lives in me. In view of God's mercy, I offer myself as a living sacrifice. Holy and pleasing to God, this is my spiritual act of worship. In other words, ultimately it's not about me. It doesn't matter what others think about me, it matters what God says about me. 
quickest way to forget what God thinks about me is to be obsessed with what others think about me. Therefore, I will lay down what you say about me. I'll even lay down what I think about me so I can become what God says about me. Because ultimately, I can't please everybody, but the good news is, by faith and through Christ, I can please God. And so can you, and that's what it's time to do. Let's pray. Yeah, thank you. Father, we ask that um, your spirit would do a healing work in our souls. God, it's so easy for us to become a people pleaser. God, help us to be one who lives for you and you alone. All of our churches today, those of you who would say, Craig, I'm, I'm a lot like you. I battle too much with what others think. I have a hard time saying no. I don't always share my faith. I'm overly sensitive and so on. But with the help of God, I truly want to live for an audience of one. Would you lift your hands right now, all of our different churches? Just lift your hands right now in a moment of honesty. And thank you so much to all of you who, who take your faith seriously and you really want to live your life in a way to bring God glory. Father, I pray today for those um, who lifted their hands before you, that God, we would be so sensitive to those times when, we are, when we're being trapped and ensnared. God, that your Holy Spirit would um, convict us daily, even hourly, uh, when we're being sucked into living for the approval of others. God, forgive us for that idolatry. I pray, God, that we would be empowered with your truth, who you say we are. And God, we would grow out of the need for the approval of people because we already have your approval. God, help us to do life and minister to others with that bold confidence, to do it based on who you say we are, how you see us. God, help us to live for you and you alone, bringing you glory, God, in everything we do. We thank you in advance for the way lives are gonna be different, God because of what you've done through your son Jesus in our lives. As you keep praying today at all of our different churches, there's some of you, you're gonna recognize really, really clearly, if you look at your life, you're not living for God above anything else. Man, I know I wasn't, not nowhere even close to it. And you may look at what you've done, and you think I've done so many things wrong. How could God ever forgive me? Let me just say again, what I said earlier, and that is yes, you've sinned and I've sinned and we've all sinned against a holy God. And it's impossible for us to work our way back to him because our sin has separated us from him. But in his mercy, he sent Jesus, his son, who was without sin, to become sin for us. And on the cross, Jesus died for the forgiveness of our sins. He was raised from the dead now whoever calls on his name will be saved, will be transformed. God wants us to make Jesus our savior and our Lord. A lot of people I think make him kind of, a, there's almost a selfish prayer, hey save me, forgive me, then they go on with life. I'm not really sure what that does. I, mean, I, I can't judge, only God knows. I do know that God wants more from us, that he wants Jesus to be our Lord first in every way. When, when Jesus is our Lord, it is evident to those around us because we've been transformed. There are those of you today who recognize, hey, the others don't know, he's my Lord. What I want you to do, if you will, all of our churches look up at me right now, every head up, every eye opened. Jesus said this, he said, if you confess me before men, I'll confess you before my Father in heaven. 
But if you don't confess me publicly, I will not confess you uh, before my Father in heaven. There are those of you today, you recognize that Jesus is not first, and you're gonna call on him, and he's gonna save you, and he's gonna forgive you. And you're gonna publicly declare that not only is he my savior, but he is the Lord of my life. All of our churches, with everybody looking, you don't care what anybody thinks, because you're not a man pleaser, you're a God pleaser. Those of you who would say, I need Jesus, I need his salvation, I need his forgiveness today, I wanna confess him publicly, I don't care what anybody thinks, I give my life to him. Lift your hands high right now. Lift them up high right now. Lift them up high right now. Say, yes, I confess him publicly. There are way too many hands for me here to count. Say, yes, I need his salvation. I need his grace. I need his mercy. I, hey, can you guys sit back and realize what you just saw, New Testament-like boldness and miracles from literally dozens and dozens of people calling on the name of Jesus. Would you all pray aloud with those around you? Then we're gonna explode with worship before our holy God. Everybody pray, pray. Heavenly Father, save me from my sins. My life is not my own. I give it to you. Jesus, forgive me. Save me. Holy Spirit, fill me so I could live for you. Publicly, I declare you are Savior and you are Lord. Thank you for new life. I give you mine. In Jesus' name I pray. Now here's your chance to never take it for granted and worship God with all your heart. Cheer like crazy. Welcome those born into the family of God.